Welcome to Travel Unites Us, a podcast featuring stories straight from the heart of travel. I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'll be your co-pilot on this journey. My friend Rich D'Ambrosio and I started Travel Unites Us to share the human stories from real travelers, stories that get to the heart of who they are and what they do. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community. Well, hey, this is Aaron Schlein coming at you from Sacramento, California at 6 13 p.m. on the West Coast here in the United States. I am joined by my very good friend, Nicole Johnson. And let me tell you something about this time, this very unique time of the month here. Time of the month, that sounds awful. That's not <laughs> what we're talking about here, Nicole. Get your head out of the gutter, for Christ's sake. I will, I'll do my best. First Monday of every month at 6 p.m. West Coast time, Nicole and I meet over Zoom. We've been doing this for gosh, going on a year now. And mm. we do a monthly mastermind where we talk about our businesses and our personal lives and how we're pushing ourselves and attempting to grow month over month and keeping each other accountable for the goals that we set. And we decided to use this hour, this 6 p.m. hour in the first Monday of April to go live here on Travel Unites Us. So Nicole Johnson, my very good friend, welcome to Travel Thank Unites you. Us. Thank you so much for having us. Congratulations on your new venture. Uh, Travel Unites Us it does unite us. So thank you for this wonderful opportunity opportunity. Sure. And thanks to my good friend, Rich D'Ambrosio for coming up with that catchy title. And let's for folks at home who might be wondering, is that a zoom artificial green screen backdrop behind you? No, no, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm actually in Seattle, Washington, where the sun is raining down on me, which is, I mean, I'll take it. It's not in our normal, not even, our normal. even when describing sunny conditions, you couldn't help but use the word rain. The sun Rain. is raining down raining on me. Down. Right. Just that one over my head, but apparently it's in there. Not much goes over my head, Nicole. <laughs> well, I thought Nicole would be a wonderful guest to introduce to the Travel Unites Us community for a lot of reasons. Nicole, of course, is an ICU nurse, as we've also mentioned. Uh, but Nicole, as we've also mentioned, as we've mentioned, Nicole is an ICU nurse, and she is also... A, an entrepreneur, and Nicole runs wellness retreats for nurses, specifically for nurses. And we're going to get some of Nicole's stories from the ICU, as well as some of her great wellness tips. But before that, Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you've been a, a nurse for quite some time, and then you hit a point about two years ago where you your path splintered off into this new journey. So talk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I mean, right now I've been an ICU nurse for over 11 years, um, and I've had many roles uh, in as an ICU nurse. I've been in management, and um, about two years ago this time, actually, um, I was so restless. I had just turned 40. I was actually in Morocco in May of 2018, and um, I knew that I needed to make a huge change in my life, and um, one of my best friends who I was with when, when I was in Morocco, she was asking me about my work and I just couldn't, I couldn't talk about it. I was like a stone and I realized, God, if I can't even talk about what's going on with me with my best friend, like what the, why, what the, then I have to make a change. So I made a very difficult decision to, to step down from a leadership role. Um, and it was just because I needed to shake out um, a few things. I wanted to start my own business. I, I did some online coaching um, or some one-to-one -one coaching and 
decided that I would eventually quit this job and just work uh, back at the bedside and uh, figure out some entrepreneurial pursuits. And also, and I wanted to get into the travel space because I am obsessed and love travel. Sorry, that was my cat. Um, And uh, I ended up starting a podcast um, called Meltdown City. And that was just a really cathartic place for me and one of my best friends to talk about getting unstuck and interview people who've done really inspirational things. And then kind of through that process, I realized, you know, I needed to go and um, start a business for nurses and, and to give back to us. So that's kind of where, where I am, am now. Well, I love that the travel is, is integral to your business, even though the business itself, you're in the healthcare field and you, your, your business is that you operate wellness retreats for nurses. There's only a loose connection to travel, but travel really is a part of who you are. It's a part of your soul. And you and I would never have met had we not both attended the travel con conference. You're just about to start your podcast. And even again, knowing that your, your podcast and your, your upcoming business venture wasn't directly related to the travel industry per se, what drew you to attend TravelCon? Mm, well, one of the things I, I haven't shared this with very many people, but one of the things I wanted to try was to be like a travel blogger or a writer. And so I went into TravelCon in 2018 to to see if I wanted to be a travel writer. And um, uh, I realized that wasn't for me. I realized also blogging wasn't for me, but I realized um, podcasting was for me. I think podcasting is a lot easier. I mean, for me anyway, than writing um, and sitting down and, and perseverating over what I'm saying and am I saying it correctly and all that. So uh, podcasting was just a little bit more, came, came more natural to me. And then I was drawn to something more than just travel, I wanted to, I was kind of on the self-development journey and I wanted to explore opportunities for getting inspiration from people in that realm, not just from the travel world, but from all sort of backgrounds. Tell me about some of that inspiration. Where did you find anything? Where, where did you come across some inspirational gold in places that maybe you didn't expect to find it? Mm. Oh man, this is this is hard. Um, well, this actually goes back to the coaching that I did. And I, before all this happened, I was like, I don't know about life coaching. Like, what is that? I don't, you know, but I, I, well, just to be clear, you were the recipient. I was a recipient. You were the coachee. I was a coachee. I had a coach and I realized that I was in my own way. I was the one who was keeping myself stuck. I was the one that was not, um, that we had self-limiting beliefs and that, you know, anybody can do anything they want. I mean, there are all obviously some qualifiers there, but like, if you want to do something, you can do it. And so that I just needed to hear, I needed to funnel um, different viewpoints into my mind so that I could um, change my perspective. And then once I started to do some, do things that were outside of my comfort zone, then it became a lot easier to try new things. And so I would have never guessed that I would have had a podcast and I would have never guessed that I would have my own business and, and um, or that we would be going to Morocco. Like these are amazing things. And I, I just was in my own way. 
just thinking about an, an ICU nurse. Mm. Obviously, you're clearly a very high functioning human being, even with those limiting beliefs in place. So tell me how you, you reconciled this kind of internal strife and these, these limiting beliefs once you started to acknowledge them with your career as a no-nonsense nurse in the ICU saving lives every day. Um, I realized like, you know, we all don't really fit in a box. And so I really like my ICU nurse self. Like I love, I love that job. Um, and so I realized, you know, I could do both and, and maybe I could end up doing this for a really long time while I have my business on the side. Um, but I really, I needed to get away from what was keeping me away from the bedside. I mean, I love the sickest patient. You give it to me. I want it. Like I, I run towards the flame normally. And so, um, that I get a lot of, and you know what, we have the most amazing teams at the UW Medical Center, like the staff, the physicians, the collaboration, the people are so dedicated to saving lives and to, to do it in the best way possible in the most humane way possible. And um, so like to be a part of this, like a really high functioning team is something that I can't, I can't give up. So, but, but that, that running headfirst into the flames part of your personality, you don't want to lose that. That no. would you say that you, what did you do to harness that aspect of your personality? Cause I think in a lot of ways, right now, starting a business post 40, especially when you have all the things in place, the things that we're supposed to want, you've got the great mm. job, you make, you make plenty of money, you got a beautiful home there with a beautiful view, you got the husband, you got the cat, you got the dog, you got all the things. And then suddenly, but still there's this fire, fire in your belly burning. And so tell me about, again, reconciling those two things that you sort of have all the stuff you're supposed to have, and you're still pushing for more. Um, I think the thing was, is that I had to realize if I didn't pay attention to that, I was going to be turning my back on myself and I didn't want to look forward and think in my sixties. And did I actually try to do those things that, that I, I wanted to do? Like, what did I not do them because I was too afraid and um, didn't think that I was good enough work capable enough, smart enough. Um, like I realized that I had to give myself this chance and, and this whole process has been so exhilarating to learn that, yeah, trying new things can be really fun. Going to the travel conference, travel con was so fun. And it would have been so sad if I hadn't gone because I had so much fun. Like we, we, how the world is our oyster. I mean, right now it's a different oyster, but we have all this opportunity at our hand at like that we can all try new things and do new things. We can learn a new language. We can, I mean, do whatever, whatever it is. Um, and I would just encourage your listeners that, you know, that any, anything is possible. And I mean, we're in a new world, but like, if you're thinking about trying something new, do it. Let's turn the focus to, to travel a little bit and then we'll get back. Then we'll get into some of the more specific details about what you're doing right now as an IC, ICU yeah. nurse. It's April the 6th right now, 2020. We're clearly right in the thick of the COVID-19 crisis in varying degrees around the country and around the world. Uh, but let's talk about, about travel and the role that, that that played in 
in inspiring you and, and burning that fire in your belly, what's, what's the tie into travel? What experience have you, have you had that you'd say really came to shape the person you've become? Well, I've been thinking about this. I, I studied abroad, um, in 1997, that was my first trip outside of the United States and uh, Canada. And um, it blew my mind, like, um, that there was a whole other world that was happening while I was asleep, that there were, that there was a new cultures, new language to learn. And um, I became intoxicated by that. And then as I went back to college and um, I didn't have the means necessarily at the time. I, I didn't think I had the means at the time to continue traveling. Um, I realized that travel was such a huge transformational process and experience and that we can be really ethnocentric here in the United States. And I was just like, my mind was blown. And then I went on a three-week solo trip by myself when I was 27 to the Yucatan in Mexico. And I realized like this, again, back to the same, back to the same story, like th th there's all this life to experience and cultures to experience and people and, and venture. And so um, I just, I personally just, you know, whenever I'm having a bad day, I think about like, where am I going next? You know, like, and um, this transformational journey for me when I was in Morocco, I think the one thing about travel that's so great is it gives you perspective. It takes you away from where your normal routine is. And so you have an opportunity to evaluate, um, you know, I guess the things you like, the things you don't like. Um, it's a little bit of, I mean, it's obviously an escape. It's a time to daydream. It's a time to think about possibilities and um, to get excited about life. And so going for me, going to Morocco really helped. And I've been to other countries too, but that, that experience had happened in, it was May of 2018. It just was, it was the right thing that, and, that I needed. And I love that that, like that inspiration, those, those transformational moments really can hap happen at any time. A lot of the interviews I do in the family travel space, we talk about transformational moments that happen as a, as a child for, for many people. I, that was the case with me. I was a young teenager when I sort of had my aha moment about the wide, wide world out there. And I've been traveling ever since. Yours, even though you said you, you traveled or you studied abroad back in 97, but it sounds like your real aha moment or, in travel happened fairly recently. Yeah. Um, well, I would say I started traveling more in my 30s. Um, so I, we, yeah, it was more recent, I guess. I'm 43 now. So um, I started to do a lot more traveling after from 27 until now. And um, I'm not the kind of like long-term traveler, but my husband and I, we go on a couple trips a year. And, um, and one of those we like to do an international location. Um, and, you know, and if we're lucky, we'll do more than one. But um, I, for me, I liked, I you know, the crazier the place I want to go, you know, <laughs> like, I, I mean, we're in September, we're supposed to go to Greece and Turkey. And I just can't wait to go to Istanbul. Like, I don't know if we're going to be there, you know, but um, like markets, markets excite me, like the just uh, the crazy markets in Bangkok, like, I, 
anyway, it's just, um, it's so exciting to see a world that exists so differently than here. Like, I think that's the most, um, I, that's the most romantic thing about it, I think is like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a, such a different way of life in, on all of these places. And um, I just want to get out and see more. Let's talk about what you're seeing today. Again, this very, very timely portion of the, of the conversation. Take us, t- tell us about your professional workspace and what you're doing right now amidst COVID-19 here, April 6th as an ICU nurse. Well, what I'll say is um, life has drastically changed for us as ICU nurses in the last few weeks. Seattle was the first place to be hit um, by COVID-19, and I'm very lucky and fortunate that our governor um, shut things down, and so we haven't seen this massive surge, but we started planning for it. So um, we've been working on surge capacity and crisis management, and I'll tell you that um, this is... and. As I'm talking about this, my heart breaks for New York. And I think that's the most troubling thing for us here is that we're, we've got it really well under control in Seattle, but it's really disheartening to see what's happening um, in New York. Sorry. Um, What we, um, what you need in crisis management is space, staff, and supplies. We have all of it here. We, um, Our capacity right now is we can take a lot of COVID patients. We haven't hit our peak. We, um, the patients are young, they're sick. And um, I'll just be honest, when I went through the COVID ICU the other day, I was like, fuck, I need to talk about my will. I need to tell Rob what I want. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get COVID, if I'm going to, give it to him. If I'm going to get it, not know I haven't give it to my patients. Like there's a lot of fear that we have right now as healthcare workers. Um, I think I'm not working currently on the COVID ICU. I do work in an ICU. The part that scares me is like, there could be a patient that could be there for a number of days and they're like, Oh, they develop a cough and you could have been in the room. And now they're like, Oh, well, we need to test them for COVID. And you think, Oh shit. Was I, did I get exposed? Like, am I at risk and, and all of that? So that's a lot of the fear and anxiety that all, all of us have. But again, the silver lining though, is that we are still in an amazing, at least Seattle is, we, we're very, very, very lucky to have what we need to do the job that we need. I think your state also um, is, uh, has done an exemplary job as well. Um, I think it's going to be really traumatizing. I can't, I mean, I'm, I worry, all of us worry about what our brethren are experiencing over in New York city. So. Whew. Talk to me a little bit about that, that kinship. You know, there's, there's certain professions, whether it's active duty, military, first responders, and then, folks in that field, just the kinship that you feel like you talked about the folks in New York, most of whom you haven't met and never will meet, but it sounds like there's just this invisible, invisible string between your two hearts. This, this bond that's 
maybe difficult to describe, but I'm going to ask you to do your best to describe it. Well, if you work for a long time, especially in intensive care, um, you see a lot of things that are hard. Some things you don't want to see, you wish you didn't. Um, there's a lot of hardship that we witness. And, and truth be told, your brain actually doesn't know the difference between you seeing suffering and or like witnessing suffering and, and suffering itself. So you experience the same thing. So I think that what happens is there's a lot of camaraderie in those moments where it's maybe you and another nurse and a patient and they're dying. And, um, you know, you, you share a lot of really special and unusual experiences together. And we all know, like, I'm, I'm a nice nurse here. I know what they're going to, I know what the normal daylight day to day is, is for them. And so I know the hardships that you see on a normal basis. So to know, like they're, they're being stressed at a way at a level that they're not used to. I mean, there's already stuff that we see that is super traumatizing. And so you get this like secondary trauma experience. And so that is, I think for all of us, we're just holding our breath for them. And um, because normally it's hard. <laughs> so now it's like, now it's insane. And now they're not safe. And now they're dying. Like that could be me. And not that I, I mean, I don't want to say that it really is me, but like, that could be like, I feel for them. It's, it's hearing you talk about your will that that's, that, that's heartbreaking just to hear coming from a from someone as young as yourself. And I saw a story here in my local news about a couple, both were mother and father were doctors. And I don't know any follow-up on the story, but it was the same thing. They were talking about having to, to redo their will. And it's just, it's crazy to think, but they, but knowing that, knowing that that danger, that imminent danger that they're putting themselves in, that they're still going back in day after day after day. And it's taking that physical and mental toll. So let's, let's talk about that. Tell me, We'll get, let's get into, we'll get into some overall general wellness for healthcare professionals, but I want to know about you, Nicole, what are you doing right now to take care of yourself and how does that compare to what you would do under quote unquote normal conditions? If there is such a thing <laughs> in the ICU, uh, I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm allowing for a lot of, uh, self-compassion and ease. Um, like I think it's okay if, um, I don't need to be super regimented right now. I think it's okay if. I drink more than I normally would. I think it's okay if, I mean, you know, it, like it, we're in a global pandemic and then we're also super stressed at work. So I'm, I'm trying to just be kind to myself and know like this is a long haul and um, just do the best you can. I am going back to my, I have daily practices that help me, you know, I have a meditation practice and I, practice gratitude. Um, and I also try to dig into talking to friends and family more, um, staying off the news, um, going for long walks, runs, whatever. Um, and trying to, <laughs> trying to experience some humor, you know, uh, I need, I need that. We all need that. And so, um, you know, it's like watching comedians in cars, drinking coffee at night or whatever, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, there's, since I've got to keep it light, 
at times. So I try to focus on the light. Have you watched, have you seen yet the Larry David PSA asking people to stay home? No. You must watch it. I order you to watch it. Okay. If you're looking for a good giggle, finish that beer, maybe have another. So I'm just getting started. And then watch the Larry David PSA. It might be the best in terms of just messaging as far from a, from a celebrity encouraging people to stay home and injects just the right kind of humor. And I'm not sure if there's a person on planet earth that could pull this particular PSA off other than Larry David, because he could use his, his same sort of dry, just the same sense of humor that you would expect in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He brings to this PSA and <laughs> manages to drive home the message. It's, it's pretty brilliant. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop a link right below this video in the Facebook feed. And I order you and anyone else out there who hasn't seen it to go ahead and, and watch that video. It's, it's a lot of fun. All I can think about is Yeah. Spite store. Are y'all caught up? No. The spite store season? No, we're, we're late to the, that game. So we're in the early season. Well, and you've got shit to do. I, I work during the day, but man, at the evening time, it's a lot of binge watching. That's good. That, that was one of them. 10 seasons, 10 seasons of Curb just waiting there for you. Wow. Okay, great. Awesome. I'm on it. See how I took you off the, off the seriousness for you just did. a second. No, it's good. It's good. I think that's the other thing. I know maybe you were going to segue into like, what can people do to take care of themselves? But like one of the things that people can do to really help restore their refill their cup and like restore their soul is do the things that they love outside of work. And right now we're in, we're in unusual circumstances, but whatever it is, dig into the things that you love. Fill, fill your heart with that. What do you love? Well, travel. <laughs> <laughs> I love travel. Um, and I love my dog and I, I love my husband and, but, um, you know, I like to get outside. I love the sunshine. Well, you got a little bit of it raining on you today. I know it's coming in. So let's, let's, let's make that transition. So kind of bringing the, the, all some, all these different components together and talking about your entrepreneurial journey, your expertise as a healthcare professional, your love of travel, you're bringing this together and you're hosting Hopefully you'll host another one very soon, but that's yeah. obviously up in the air. Wellness retreats specifically for folks in the healthcare in the healthcare professionals for nurses. Wellness retreats. Tell me about that, how that idea came to be and your vision for that for sometime in the future. Well, <laughs> the idea actually came to mind. I was um, in a cabin in, in Bandera, Texas, and I was off the grid. And I was just sitting in, just sitting in silence. And I was like, Oh, I should put some stuff on for nurses because I, anyway, so that's how it came to me. And I was like, oh, I could put some, you know, wellness retreats on or, and then we could do it on a larger scale and go travel the world. And, um, but my goal really was about trying to reduce stress and anxiety, um, for people at the bedside and try to try to battle burnout, you know, cause already before all this stuff was going, I mean, working in intensive care is a stressful job. And, and I really want those of us who love it to stay. And so that's sort of where the idea came from. And so I started hosting kind of half day 
retreats um, here in Seattle where we would offer meditation and yoga and journaling and just time to talk. And we, you know, I had an opportunity to commune as um, a collective and people really enjoyed that. And so that's kind of how that started. And I've had maybe five or six of those events here in Seattle. And then the culmination was that we were going to go to Morocco in June, but that was obviously postponed. Um, but I really wanted nurses to get exposed to um, practices that really increase your positive emotions, like a gratitude practice or a meditation practice. Both of, the, both of those things are free and accessible and um, can there's really good science around how how those the, both of those practices and and they can look very different but can really increase um decrease your anxiety and increase your positive emotions so, so educate me a little bit and educate the folks out there who don't i mean conceptually i, I can imagine what, what what meditation is but what is like what's going on in our mind what can we what can we make happen and bring some peace to our mind through meditation walk us through just that concept you don't have to actually guide us through meditation unless you <laughs> really really want to but just like what's what's the science behind it well i'll just i'll say that we have 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day it's a lot of thoughts there's a lot happening we're in the we're never in the moment we're always in the future we're always in the past we're never like right here right now and the beauty about meditation is it helps um, just bring us to the to the here and the now and can it can access your parasympathetic nervous system. So basically it just like chills chills down your stress level, decreases your heart rate, it makes you feel relaxed. Um, and it it changes your neural pathways. So it actually increases your um, decreases your amygdala, which is where you have all of your stress and anxiety. And then it can increase your areas where you experience more empathy for, and, and, and positive positivity, I guess. Um, but it's really being in the here and the now and the stillness that is, you know, that can have long-term effects. There have been a lot of studies on people that have really stressful jobs and they, uh, they start doing like a meditation practice and then they find that they've changed nothing about their job, but in a, you know, I don't remember like for how long, but in a few weeks time, it, they, people were experiencing less anxiety, less stress. Um, so that's, I think that's the thing that's so great about meditation. There's a lot of great resources. I can send you um, uh, handouts or links to things if you want. Anything that you recommend, I'm, all about it because I know you are you're my go-to resource on this and I love <laughs> that you can speak to both the, the sort of the zen sort of Lucy aspect but you can also talk about the science too because I love I love that connection because that, that's the thing you hear meditation and some folks just think it's some kind of foo-foo thing but there's a it's, a it's a real there's very real things happening in your brain and I've, I've experienced it I haven't stuck with a meditation practice long enough I think to get those real long-term benefits but like if you can hit one of those magic sessions where you truly can let your mind go, go blank. It's, it's otherworldly. It's hard to do though. Like how, what's the, how long do you have to be doing it like regularly to get to that point where you can truly be present? It's freaking hard. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I think what you experience um, is for, a, for people that meditate a lot and I've talked to, I mean, I don't, I've, I have a small practice. I've been doing it for a couple of years, but for people that have like really serious meditation practices, they say like those moments of bliss and all that, they come and they go. And um, so, but the reason why you practice meditation is so you can have stillness in times, oh, my dog's coming. You can have stillness in times where things are hard, like right now, like all of the crazy meditation gurus are, you know, like it's basically a tool for for helping you through hard, hard times. <laughs> so um, anyway, back to your question. I think it depends, but, but I think consistent practice does I mean, whatever you can do, honestly, is great. But um, consistent practice does supposedly have a, a really good benefit. Well, talk to me about the little extra added magic that that can happen when you actually take the re- take a full retreat with a bunch of the group of mm. like-minded individuals who are there with a purpose, who actually leave their hometown and go somewhere special as a group, which is what you would lead you lead with unwound retreats, and hopefully you'll be back at it again soon. Tell me just about that additional element of going away to to a prescribed place to to practice meditation um i i just think there's um well there's so one of the things we're trying to get at is to combat burnout and this group cohesion is protective against burnout and so coming together as a collective is really a healing um opportunity i think the other thing about people doing basically you're there, you're stuck, stuck there. I mean, most people probably wouldn't leave out of, I mean, there's like a social contract, I guess. Um, but people are willing to try things maybe that they haven't tried before. And then they can experience the benefits of something new. So I think that it, the coming together as a, as a profession, I think is one of the more healing things that is, um, that come that they come away with and I come away with, frankly. Well, that's, that's interesting that you would say that, that, that there's, you're looking like you're the teacher, you're the, the guru, whatever that really means, but that there's also that, that added benefit for you, that additional bit of peace and tranquility that comes from helping others find their peace and tranquility. I didn't, wasn't very eloquent in that, but I imagine that's what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, like nothing like this exists in Seattle and, um, and it doesn't really exist, um, in other places either. And so it's a fairly new idea, I guess. And um, for everybody to get together and just give them some, give themselves some actual time to de-stress and unwind and understand that we all understand that our jobs are hard in different and other ways and other people's jobs are hard. So, um, there's a there's a unifying understanding to that. Um, I think that's really a healing thing. Now I'm not a psychotherapist, so I can't say what that is, but it feels like it feels really good. Well, Nicole, we really appreciate you taking so much time, taking you through so many different aspects of your life. We touched on some emotions. Hope hope you're feeling okay about that. I wasn't trying to make you cry. I promise. No, no, it's okay. It's just there, you know, it's this under the surface because, you know, anyway, it's hard not to think about when you talk about what's happening in New York. So 
my friends out there, Travel Unites this community. You can connect with Nicole and you can check her out on Instagram at NicoleJohnson.rn. That's at NicoleJohnson.rn. Or if you're interested in those unwound retreats and they will be back, it's just a matter of time. You can check out Nicole's website at unwoundretreats.com. That's unwoundretreats.com. And we're going to have links to all this in the show notes. And I'll drop them right below this video in the Facebook Live if you're catching us live tonight on Facebook. Nicole Johnson. I'm going to use your own move on you before you can do it to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so great to be a part of your show. I'm yeah, so excited for your new adventure. And, and yeah, so lots of luck and well wishes. Well, like so many things I've done in the last two years, it wouldn't be the same without you being a part of it in some way. Oh, where's your beer? You better cheers me. <laughs> I've only got water. And I'm, someone told me that's bad luck, but. Oh, do shit. Anyway. Don't do it. Oh, God. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it's only it's only bad luck for me, or maybe for oh, you. I don't know. Okay, well, when you get home, then from the cycle in in Sacramento, right down the street. No, no one can go there right now. But <laughs> well, thanks my wife again. bought a cycle. My wife bought a a cycle bike because she can't do her spin classes, so we've got a cycle bike in our laundry room now. Is that like Peloton? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It is. We gotta say goodbye to our Facebook Live friends before we go on and on. We could leave this on all night and just really ruin someone's life. <laughs> Bye, Nicole. Goodbye. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community.